The end of June is all about commitments, which means there's no need for a long-term introduction. There's no need for a guest this week. Here on the Rutgers ScoutCast, I'm your host, Sam Hellman, and we're keeping it short here on the introduction, and we're just going to jump right into the news this week because it's faster and furiouser than anything starring Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Rutgers is just like every other school kicking off the end of the camp season, the the climax. This is when you pick up commitments. Rutgers has two at the time of this recording within the last week, and that number is going to be a little bit different depending on what time of the weekend or next week you hit download. We discussed that in the body of the show. No guest this week. Instead, you'll hear from Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan and myself for our takes on everything Rutgers recruiting. A lot going on. Depending on when you listen to this, I will be at Rutgers all day Friday for about an 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. camp. A lot of kids on campus. And if you're a Scarlet Report member, you know who they are. You know which ones are likely to commit or close. You know when they're coming, when they're going. And if you don't, you can always ask. And if you are not not a Scarlet Report member, you can always hit me up for an extended free trial. Please do that. We're also going to touch briefly on the practice facility tour that I received last week. Saturday is the Rutgers 7-on-7 tournament. A lot of big-time schools coming, a lot of big-time targets will be on campus, and even guys that are not interested in Rutgers right now, maybe they will be when they get on campus with their team, or maybe you can help build relationships with some of the underclassmen, the 19s, the 20s, the 2021s, and find the next waves of recruits. So before I spend all weekend at Rutgers... Yeehaw. Let's talk about what we've gotten so far this week and what could be coming next. Here's the news. Welcome back to the Rutgers Scout cast. Now joined yet again by Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan. Brian, it's commitment season, not just for Rutgers, but for everywhere in the region. How is... uh, how are the batteries doing on all your devices? <laughs> They're struggling a little bit. It's that time where kids are finishing up their junior seasons for the junior years. They're going to camp visits. They want to get everything squared away so they have a relaxing summer. June is the commitment month. I, I think you see more commitments in June than you're going to see in January. But yeah, it, it's a fun time because every time you turn around, somebody's texting you that they're going to commit or DMing you that a commit's on the way. Um, so it makes it fun. I mean, you look at Maryland, they got a, a handful of commits this week. Um, you know, the, the schools that aren't getting them, it's because they've gotten them steadily up until this point. It, it is a fun time, though. Look, just so people know, we're recording this on Thursday. I would guess that unless you're one of the people that listens right away when this drops, I would guess that this Rutgers class is going to look even more different between when we're recording this and when you listen. I mean, this is the last week. It may it may be different by the time you format it and drop it on Friday. That is true. thing to watch here also is it's not just who commits to Rutgers, but who's committing elsewhere. And, and I think this is where the real value of... Scarlet Report comes in for, for our members, for, for people that aren't listening, they're probably seeing some of these commitments and getting frustrated. How could, you know, Rutgers lose a kid to this school or whatever, but people that, that read us kind of get to ask and find out who Rutgers is really looking at, 
and that's where that's where the first part of the news comes in. That's talking about Isaiah Pacheco, because I'm willing to bet a lot of the the Rutgers Twitter family was pretty upset to see Kyle Dobbins commit to Temple, whereas if you're on our site, you kind of knew that Rutgers might have some other juice going on at running back down at Vineland, and I know Pacheco's a kid you like a lot. Pacheco is a kid I like because of his versatility. He can play receiver, running back. I could also see him at safety. He'll go in as a running back, and I think that's the best spot for him, but he does offer position flexibility that will allow them to, as they move forward, you know, in 2018, 2019, when they really get him on campus and see where he can play, it'll give them different options if running back doesn't work out. I think running back will work out, but that's what you want. You want position flexibility. Like when you take a tight end, can he play D end? When you take a linebacker, can he grow into a D end? Stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I think the people that follow Scarlet Report knew in advance that good news was coming with Pacheco. And just like they'll know good news is coming for the weekend, probably. Uh, uh, let's just say, again, recording this Thursday morning, so the last two commitments to the program we're going to discuss both on the show are Pacheco and Jalen McDonald. I'd be stunned if McDonald is the last commitment. Say you're listening to this like Sunday uh, Sunday while you're cooking breakfast or something, I'd be stunned if McDonald is the last kid that would have committed to Rutgers. I'll be shocked. It means something drastically changed, to be honest. And then, and then we'll get a lull late next week because that's when the coaches kind of go scatter and spend time with their family, re- reintroduce themselves to their kids and everything because they've been grinding so hard. And, and they take a lot of July off, which is what programs do across the country. And then you get ready for training camp in August. So that, that's why it's such a push. Schools want to know where they stand going into July because that's when coaches go on vacation. Kids want to know what gear they should be wearing to the beach or the lake or wherever they're living and going to have fun over the summer. So, and, you know, for a lot of places, you know, we're talking Georgia and, and with Rutgers recruiting in some different areas now, football starts a lot earlier. You know, it's not New Jersey where you start public schools August 13th, you start practice or whatever it is around that date. I mean, you're looking at some schools in the South will open their seasons about August 20th. So it really, these kids want to get these decisions made before really jumping into their summer. And in some instances, like the kid from Georgia, I mean, they've been out of school for almost a month. Getting back on Pacheco for a second, because I don't want this to... (laughs) What are you trying to say, Sam? What are you saying? I don't want want it to get lost, because this is a huge get for Rutgers. Because, yeah, sure, some kids have committed to Rutgers or in the past, because... Other schools have backed off and maybe only have a couple options left, but there are some pretty good schools that were on Pacheco hard, but Rutgers beat them out for him, and I think that's where, I mean, you talk about relationships. Uh, Rutgers has good relationships with the school. Look at uh, Dan Spittle, who's like a 30-year South Jersey head coach that has ties in that area. He helped a lot as a recruiting assistant. Not only that, but the the, the big sell, and, and Brian, I remember reading your interview with him, the big sell was, look, we need you. And Rutgers absolutely needs a guy like Pacheco because you're losing three legitimate starting running backs, at least, at the end of the year. 
you're losing Gus Edwards, Josh Hicks, and Robert Martin at the end of the year. All three of those guys have played in bowl games, have been multi-year starters at a Power 5 level. you got to replace them, and it's not just going to be the, the Charles Snorway show and Raheem Blackshear. You need guys like Pacheco to bolster that, because who knows who that next workhorse running back is going to be. Uh, I think that's a good point, so congratulations for getting it over with early in this solstice. One and oh. And you know, that's why they're in this position. Um, Chop. <laughs> I look at it, Pacheco is a guy who's more get around the edge. I mean, he can go between the tackles and can be slippery like I wrote about in the evaluation. But he's not a big-bodied guy who's going to move the pile. And that's where you look and you say, okay, who's the next running back that they're going to take? And that's why they wanted Stevie Scott so bad out of New York. Now that opportunity still sits there. He wants to see if he can get any other offers at the urging of his coach, is my understanding. Yeah, family has seen... I talked to his dad for 20 minutes at Rutgers camp, and they're on board. They are, and so you wait and see. And for Stevie Scott, if that's where you want to be... uh, you hope that it doesn't get changed when, you know, that Rutgers doesn't take somebody else. But, uh, again, so you want a big-bodied guy like a Gus Edwards to get between the tackles. And, and that's why when you look at recruiting and you say, okay, if you're Rutgers and you're going to take two running backs, you don't want them to be the same style. Now, look, if they're Eric Dickerson, you can have the same style. Barry Sanders, same style, great. But you want a... a guy who can move the bile, and so you look at Kyle Dobbins against Isaiah Pacheco, and Rutgers thought Pacheco was better. They had him higher on the board, and I'm not saying that Dobbins would have committed to Rutgers if that wasn't the case. You know, if he said, hey, I want to go to Rutgers, you never know what would have happened, but it was clear that after Dobbins came up, all of a sudden Pacheco got his visit moved from Friday to Wednesday. And my understanding is Pacheco also is supposed to be on campus over the weekend for a baseball tournament. He's a, he's a really good baseball player, and that's important to him. So he'll be back up, and I wouldn't be surprised if he can stop by and say hi at some point to some people. They have this style running back now, and so maybe they're going to go for a bigger-bodied kid with the next running back commit. While recruiting ha- hasn't been great in Jersey, they got one. You know, and, and who knows, like... They got Jared Paul. He's kind of New Jersey. Yeah, so am I, please. I've spent more time in Jersey than Jared Paul, and we all know I'm not... An athlete. I'm not, one, I'm not one of you. One of you people. Kidding. I like New Jersey. Anyway. If it wasn't for New Jersey, Sam, you would not get to see me and talk to me as much as you do. So think of how enriched your life has become. My point is that South Jersey is kind of a tight-knit community. Anytime you can get kid like Pacheco, it's going to help moving forward. It's the same thing I said about Everett Wormley and, and Bo Melton early last year. It helps get younger guys excited. It helps getting guys like Amir Mitchell that are transferring excited. You never know. So it, Rutgers needs to continue to crack that South Jersey because it seems like South Jersey right now is more receptive than those parochial Catholic schools. It is, and you're looking, you wonder how much this will help with Trayvon King down at Camden Wilson. He'll be on campus Saturday. Yeah, and you know, so there's a lot of opportunities coming for Rutgers to make impressions with kids from South Jersey and, and from North Jersey. And at the end of the day, I know there's frustration over the parochials, especially in, in North Jersey and in South Jersey with some of the uh, 
seven on folk, just go find good players. It makes it easier if they're, if they're local because you can get them to campus, but just go find good players. And maybe you'll get back to the Shiano days of when really good New Jersey players were mad if they didn't get offers. And then when they got offers, wound up committing because they were so excited. And instead of Rutgers being the school to offer them to get their recruitment started or kind of help it along, which they did with a few kids that wound up committing to other schools that we've told you for months upon months, Rutgers really wasn't showing much interest in, but they were just trying to be the good program and help them out. All of a sudden, maybe some of these kids would get ticked off that they didn't get offers. And, you know, that's where you need to get it back to because that's where it was with Shiano. That's where part two of the news kind of comes in, and that's talking about the other Rutgers commitment that took place before the recording of this episode. Again, things are going to change quickly this weekend. This is the this is the commitment weekend, not just for Rutgers, but for pretty much every school in the country. So we're talking about Jaden McDonald, linebacker from North Gwinnett in Georgia. When Rutgers has 500, 600 verbal offers out, you know, we make fun of that, deservingly so. But it's hard to keep track of every out-of-state kid. Which That's is, your job. Well, it is my job. I always say, and I'm sticking to it, I don't care about a kid that's offered in Georgia. But when he visits campus with that offer, then I care. And that's what McDonald did. He visited in late April, and so then I started to pay attention to him. We've had him in good shape and charting the offers ever since then. McDonald and I talked a few days before this commitment about how his process is winding down. Originally, he had planned on announcing at the end of the month, but I think he moved it up after talking with Jay Neiman and Chris Ash earlier this week to commit today. So my, my point is, don't think that every one of these random offers in March means something because 90% of them don't. More than 90. But when they come to campus and we keep talking about them after, like McDonald, that means something. You have other guys like Hunter Gertz from Florida, from Miami, that came up and we haven't really talked much to him since then, but the guys that get offers come up and stay in touch with the staff, they're worth watching. McDonald's a perfect example, and I really like the commitment. I, I like his film. You bring up a good point with the offers because everybody talks about offers, 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 and how can Rutgers not offer this and do this, and this guy must be great because he has this offer and that offer. What is going to be a kid to commit Saturday to an ACC school? that, I mean, for months I listened to questions about why Rutgers didn't offer this kid, and you look at the list of offers, and you say, well, geez, how can they not offer when you have, you know, Georgia and Michigan? Yeah, it's tough to see through that smoke sometimes. And then you look and you see what is really happening, and I, I think that's a good point. The idea of throwing out offers outside of a state is, you know, it's like throwing something against a wall. There's people in the journalism field that throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Huh. There's, in recruiting, that's what you do now with offers. You throw out 400 offers, 350 of them are out of the region, and, or, you know, outside of 150 miles of campus. And then who still talks to you? Who then 
like McDonald's, pays their own way to come up to campus to check it out. And who likes it and continues to stay in contact with you? That's how you go through it. I mean, otherwise, you'd be writing 15 offer stories a day in, in the spring and 15, posting 15 offers about kids that I would have a better chance of playing at Rutgers than that kid would because he's just not going there and sometimes they're putting out offers just and not just Rutgers but every school they're putting out offers because that's the only way to stay involved with the kid because everybody else is throwing out these fake offers to him and so you put out these offers and see what happens and say okay well if we go watch him play or work out in a month and we don't like him well then we just don't talk to him anymore and we ignore him and if we do like them, well, hey, man, we were on you at this point. We've been with you for a month even before you worked out. So it's just stuff like that. So yeah, that's why just writing about random kids to get offers out of state is ridiculous. It is. But I, I think that this is not a criticism of Rutgers for me because every school does this. I mean, I'll criticize Rutgers for things, believe me, but not really? for... <laughs> I yes. won't. I won't. I know. You, you love your alma mater. Uh, it's not just... Rutgers that dishes out all these ridiculous offers. I'll use Alabama as an example. You know, Alabama threw out a ton of offers in Jersey the last couple of cycles, especially when Crystal Ball was there. Sometimes you get Anthony Averett to come to camp, and he kills it, and you take him. And sometimes Alan Walters comes to camp, and then you stop recruiting him. It's not just Rutgers. It's every school. I mean, you don't even get him to camp sometimes. Sometimes you just do it. Anyway, last thought on Jaden McDonald, who I guess this segment was supposed to be about. But you, as you can tell, the way that uh, recruiting is covered is something that interests Brian and I very much. But we'll try to shy away from that the next couple episodes because it seems to be all that we talk about. I like McDonald as a linebacker. He's not as tall as I like him to be. Uh, I think he runs well, and I think he's going to do what Rutgers wants in the scheme. And you know what? Good pick up, better than some of the local linebackers. Yeah, a couple of things. My understanding is he measured in it uh, shade under six foot one when he was at Rutgers. Okay, so he's gotten bigger. Good. He's um, about two oh nine, two ten, two eleven, right around there. But aside from looking at his height, look at his length. Right, you're dealing with length also, and he's got long arms. He runs well changes direction he's going to have to get you know a little bit bigger which will happen when you get into a college program right now he's a kid that'll play on the outside uh, if he gets bigger maybe grows another inch or two he can move inside but I see him more as an outside linebacker and how Rutgers runs its defense and he is a kid that runs well is athletic has a great reputation at his school comes from a well-known school that produces kids and so it's like you mentioned you know there's not a ton of good linebackers up in the northeast right now some of them weren't showing Rutgers interest so they went down and got a player similar to probably some kids up here and while that may bother some people at the end of the day um, you know when Rutgers turned the corner in football and started going to bowl games. Ryan Hart was the quarterback, and he was from Florida. And I don't care. I think if he was from Greenland, 
and you produce people would love it just the way it is and, and so they went down and they got a, a prospect they really like and they saw him work out in the spring and loved his workout and then when they go back and they check about what kind of kid he is it's even better than his workout so that's what they're looking for if you're if you're going to take a kid who maybe isn't as highly recruited as others what are the intangibles and we saw what happened with intangibles with the past coach and when the intangibles were a question how it can just implode and so this staff is going on a different way of saying okay we're going for the big time intangibles and that's what you know that's how you get better you get you get kids who have some have ability have intangibles are smart kids high football IQ and that's how you develop them All right, as Brian catches his Venomoth, we're going to transition into the final part of the news, and that is discussing the, I think this is the official title, so bear with me, the Marco Battaglia Football Training Complex. I hope I got that right, because it's pretty cool. I, I got a chance to get a look at the progress, and look, we drive by it. I drive by it almost every day, driving to Rutgers anyway, but I got to walk around and, and talk to the the uh, Natoli construction folks about the progress. Dom Natali's there? I, I don't get a sense that these people came from the Hun school. They're making progress. They're still on track. Literally, I'm walking around in dirt looking at people plant grass, so how exciting is that? But anytime it's you like can... like reading your copy. Yeah, exactly. Anytime, at least I write copy, anytime that you can say something is on time at Rutgers, that's good news. Like the buses. Yes. This is a pretty darn significantly upgraded facility by the time things start. You're talking about very, very powerful state-of-the-art lighting, which will allow Rutgers to transition into night practices. It's, you're talking about you know, your Kentucky bluegrass, and most importantly... They have music? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. There's a band. Oh, most yeah. importantly... I like the Well... Hopefully the sound system's just as good to keep President Barchi awake if we are talking about these night practices, because, you know, he lives right there. Uh, I'm sure He can the, hear the music from the practice? I guess he could. I'm sure those lights won't, dis, you know, distract him at all at night, either. Most He's not going over there. Most importantly, they are upgrading the sand pit. Piscataway Beach will stay. So Rutgers has this little sand pit, and you've seen it if you've ever been to that field, that used to be a punishment pit in the Shiano era, and it's not going away. Then, so, it was, then it was used for umbrellas and, like, culottes yeah. and stuff so for the next regime. We've criticized this Rutgers regime for the lack of tradition or honoring the Rutgers past. Well, we are honoring the past with the return of Piscataway Beach. Overall, look, it's coming on time. You can start showing recruits later in the process because if you wanted to show a recruit now, they'd have to fill out a waiver and put on a hard hat like I did on Tuesday, and I don't think you want recruits filling out injury waivers on their unofficial visits. Wait till the official visits for this. Yeah. What I noticed, and I hadn't been over there for a bit of time, and, and what I noticed was when you drive up toward the Hale Center, apparently will be a nice brick wall, very aesthetically pleasing, and it just sets a different mood and mindset than a green chain link fence with green tarp so you can't see in. It looks like a Big Ten practice facility should look from the outside, just in terms of it being pretty. Now, it won't have all the bells and whistles of a lot of other Big Ten practice facilities, um, but 
it's it's nice. It's a, it's a big upgrade. I, I give credit to the donors for for you know we can criticize people for not giving enough or where you know what agenda. But when you're giving millions of dollars to better something of your own money, I mean, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. And people say, well, they have the money, they can afford to do that, and I agree with that. But it's no different than if I were to, you know, I'm not sitting here donating a hundred bucks to causes all over the place, which I, you know, may be comparable, but it, to me, it is something that is needed, and when you have the weight room, and now you have the practice facility, it's at least some nice baby steps, and then I read where Kansas is doing a $300 million renovation of its football stadium, I believe, um, and you see the money being pumped in by schools, and it had to happen, and I think, is it going to make them get a kid? No but all part of the total picture. And we are back with the Scarlet Report Rutgers Scoutcast mailbag. And as you know, we take one on-topic question and one off-topic question every week. Uh, this week, the on-topic question came from Gigi, who asked, I've seen a lot from someone called Omar Hales on Twitter. Who is he? Does he work for Rutgers now? That you've seen a lot of him on Twitter is exactly what Rutgers wants. Coach Chris Ash was looking hard all spring for a guy in recruiting who could really, I mean, just love talking to kids and getting in touch and, and being that presence on Twitter and just always being there as just pumping up Rutgers. He does work for the school, obviously, works for the football program. And, you know, he is a guy that tweets a lot. Um, I think people are still trying to get used to what his tweets mean in some regards because there'll be some times where you think a tweet may mean commitment and there's no commitment. Um, but that's not him per se. That could be people misinterpreting the tweet. People, so People misinterpret... Twitter? No, no, no. Social media people are really good at understanding everything. But yeah, I mean, his gig is to stay in contact with recruits, have his phone glued to his hand, so he's always DMing and texting and tweeting stuff out and promoting the program. So, and he came from Temple, where he had a similar job there. Before that, he was at Imitep Charter in Philadelphia. Um, Really good program there when Albie Crosby was there, who's now at Newman Goretti, so pay attention to that, all you recruit Knicks. Yeah, I mean, this is what his job is. So that you've noticed who Omar Hales is, I guess he's doing his job. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see. I've said this a thousand times, I hate Twitter, so... Uh, what did Twitter ever do to you? I'm the one that has to answer the questions every time Omar Hales tweets something. You uh, don't have to. Well, I, I think that the people paying to join our site may not be pleased if I ignore those questions but uh, yeah I mean I'm sure that this is exactly what he did at Temple and Temple and Rutgers have different fan bases I would say that Rutgers probably has a much stronger fan base right now so maybe there's an adjustment period on both ends and I don't know what the rules are here recruiting wise because you know it's the NCAA they'll change their mind 10 times but I love the idea of a coach going on Twitter challenging kids to Madden because, I mean, you get kids to come on Xbox Live or PlayStation Online or whatever, and guess what? You got a headset. You're talking to them for a 40-minute game. 
talking to him about Rutgers seems like a good idea to me. Can you take him in Madden? Uh, no, I don't play Madden. NBA 2K, I could take anyone. Anyone wants some in NBA 2K on Xbox One, oh. I will take you and I will destroy Xbox you. Xbox One? What about Xbox 360? I haven't played Madden in you. Anyway, this is a totally different conversation. We're going to go off topic. In a, <laughs> we're going off topic in a second, so back on topic. Look, Rutgers needs to continue to add to the recruiting office because... Ohio State and Alabama and Michigan probably have 10 Omar Haleses and Matt Hewitts and Adam Calteris and Emily Eads and the people that Rutgers uses in that recruiting office. So Forget them. I bet you Syracuse, B.C., Maryland does. Yeah. All right, off-topic this week came from Jones. Does he want to know about Xbox? No, but, hey, if you want, if you want some, come get some. DM me, I'll send you Sam's cell numbers so you can get in contact. The champ is here. Don't DM me. Um, The off-topic question is, July is a vacation time. We talked about that earlier in the show, actually. Do you guys have any plans? Sam, go ahead. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I kind of of blew what I would consider my vacation days on going to WrestleMania, and then I took about two days off to move earlier this month. So, no, not really. I'll probably get together with friends on uh, July 14th like I do every year to celebrate Casey Poe's birthday for the Con Air fans out there. And uh, WWE Battleground is coming to Philadelphia in July. But, no, no no real plans. I'm going to... Unfortunately, you're stuck with me in July. I'm pretty much working every day. Well, one of us has to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, July for me. Let's see. I go out to the opening, come back on July 4th, be home for a week, and then, really excited about this, going to SEC Media Day to catch up with our CBS 24-7 folks and kind of, you know, meet everybody and really get a look at the new platform we're going to be using, the database. And so I'm excited about that. And then uh, a little relaxation for the Doan family will come a few weeks later than that and like a lot of recruits up here, we're heading to SEC country for vacation. Not going to disclose where, but a nice relaxing time where I can tell you last year during it when I went, I did not open up my computer for a week. And I rarely answered a DM or a text. And so it was truly relaxing to where I will wind up going to the beach and leaving my phone in my residence for eight, ten hours at a time, so it is beautiful.